Hi, and welcome to SpondyCast, where we bring together the best medical minds, thought leaders, scientists, patients, and caregivers to inform and inspire the spondylitis community. I'm your host, Jill Miller, living my best spa life, knowing that how we meet today has the power to change everything going forward. Hi, and welcome to SpondyCast. Today, our guest is Dr. Larry Payne. He is an internationally respected yoga teacher, author, and founding father of Yoga Therapy in America. Dr. Payne co-founded the International Association of Yoga Therapists, now in 50 countries, and the yoga curriculum at the UCLA School of Medicine. He is also the co-founder of Yoga Therapy Rx and Prime of Life Yoga programs at Loyola Marymount, the corporate yoga program at the Paul J. Paul Getty Museum, and the original back program at Rancho La Puerta. In 2000, he was the first yoga teacher to be invited to the World Economic Forum in Davos. Super cool. And in 96, he performed the first documented headstand at the North Pole. He founded Samada International Yoga and Health Center in LA in 1980, where he continues to teach groups and individuals. And Dr. Payne is the co-author of the international bestseller, Yoga for Dummies, Yoga Basics, Yoga Rx, The Business of Teaching Yoga, Yoga Therapy and Integrative Medicine. And he is featured in the Prime of Life Yoga and Yoga Therapy Rx DVD series and globally online at Yoga International. Most recently, he is the author of the AARP's Yoga After 50 for Dummies, and his website is samada.com. Welcome. Thank you. Forgot to say that I was a legend in my own mind. <laughs> I think you're a legend in everyone's mind. Goodness. I usually try to truncate some of the bios, but this is like, you, uh, you have transcended. I've been doing it a long time. And I got but a little luck. So glad you're here. Thank you. It's a pleasure. And you're wonderful. And thank you. So we are going to talk, we're going to talk about yoga and its impact, positive impact on managing spondyloarthritis. So as we get kicked off, I'm, I'm a huge yogi, so we, we can get into some of that. Um, but let's talk a little bit about just out of the gate, our community is the spondyloarthritis community and how can yoga help people manage their symptoms? Well, uh, I've taught for this group of people before, and I also taught for MS people before at different societies. And the one thing that yoga really has that the other people don't focus on is the breath. And yoga says the nose was meant for breathing and the mouth was meant for eating. Now, I'm sure there's some exceptions to that. Some people can't, but I'd say 95% of the people can breathe through their nose. So that's the first thing to start off is that you, you need to link up with your breath. Then you link up with your mind and you want to be in the moment and then the body follows. Now, there are thousands of yoga postures, okay? But this is what we know because I had the honor of going to India when the greatest masters were alive, starting with the great Krishnamacharya who taught Iyengar, Tabi Joyce, Deskachar, Indra Devi, all those names that you would know if you're a yogi. And uh, he said that yoga was meant for three stages of your life. 
a building stage when you're young and restless, a middle ground where most of the population is right now, 100 million, and then a one-on-one -on -one stage where someone has something like spondylitis and they need one-on-one -on -one help, um, or they can fit into like a specialty yoga class. You know, I had a specialty yoga class for MS. You could have a specialty yoga class for spondylitis. So keeping that in mind, 80% um, of the yoga that's taught in America right now is for the first group I call young and restless. As a yes. consequence, 30,000 people, 30,000 over a period of 10 years went to emergency rooms that were over 50 because they went to the wrong yoga class. And that could be any age because spondylitis is any age, you know? So, but I think that the people with spondylitis need to follow a practice that's not a one size fits all. Right. Certain schools of yoga teach, this is what you do. Everybody does this, everybody does that. Um, a good example of that is having your feet together in the poses to look like a perfect pose. The great Krishnamacharya said, at some stage of your life, you take your feet apart. So there's more stability, more comfort, more balance, that type of thing. Right. The other thing that's different is uh, for treating uh, therapeutic practices is that I often follow the direction of his son, who was my main teacher, TKV Desikachar. And he said that, first of all, the breath is the key, but then that you need to move in and out of postures before you hold them. You don't just go and hold a posture. And that sets up something uh, that uh, prepares you to reach your spine. And the technical name for this concept is called proprioceptive neuromuscular facilitation. That's why we call it PNF, because it's too hard to say it, okay? It means if you move in and out of a posture before you hold it, you can, you can go further and more comfortably. You don't just force yourself to hold a pose. You, you move in and out. You decide if you want to bend your knees and arms to accommodate the pose, especially people that have spondylitis. Sure. And I think somebody said to me once, it doesn't matter how far you go, you still get the same benefits. Um. Well, in a way, you could say yes. But I think as you're trying to get into these, is that right? As you're trying to get into a posture, you have to find what works for you. Absolutely. And that's why uh, for the second half of life or people that have specialty problems, challenges, the forgiving limbs, the forgiving limbs are really important. So, you know, all when I first learned from my anger, I was like everything, you know, like this feet together and so forth. yeah so then with Descachari says no it depends on the person and when you start getting into people who have challenges from spondylitis you got to have forgiving limbs let your arms bend a little bit if you're bending forward let your knees bend a little bit the other thing i found with spondylitis is that the wall is your friend for instance like when people do cobras on the ground pressing up that's a lot of, you know, direct strain. If you go to the wall and put your hands on the wall, 
and then arch back from the wall. It's much more forgiving to your spine than if you're blocked on the ground and try to push up. Interesting. Uh, okay. So breathing and then finding your own way is our forgiving, two ways. Forgiving limbs. Forgiving limbs. I like that. Uh, let me pause here. We're going to take a little detour off into the weeds for a second. I forgot to ask you. Yes. What made you get into yoga? It's trippy. <laughs> I was the West Coast manager of advertising sales for McCall's Magazine. Okay. And in that field, the more you do, the more they give you. There's no hours. And they just keep piling on. I was making a lot of money. And uh, then I started getting twitches and my back started really bothering me. And uh, every couple of years, they take the top salespeople off to an island, rah, 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 try to get you to do more. So it was one of those that I was always a top salesman. And we went to this island and I looked around and every person in the room, including the manager of advertising in New York, had a twitch. And then they passed out baseball bats that were small with a plaque that said, nice guys finish last. <laughs> that was the moment I said, what am I doing here? So when I came home, my running partner, Bill Grant, said, why don't you come to this yoga class my wife goes to? Like, well, I don't want to go to yoga, you know. So I went and fortunately, it was an older woman who was very, you know, kind. Her name was Renee Taylor. And she helped Indra Devi, who was a big yogi writer, first wow. book. And I said, I can't possibly do what those people are warming up with. She said, just do it. You can at the end. You'll be surprised. She gave a 15-minute relaxation. That's long. When I opened my eyes, I had no twitches. My back problem was gone. I felt like I'd been smoking something. I was really high. Yeah. And it lasted for five hours. I went immediately to where I lived and found a yoga teacher there and did not stop for a year until I left and went to India. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. I remember the first time I got the yoga high, it was like 2000 and I came home from a yoga class. Yeah. And Black Hawk Down, the movie was, of all movies was on the TV. I'm yoga high as a kite. There is no way I can watch this. <laughs> and ever since then, it's been, it's weaved in and out of my life at different stages. So, okay. Thanks for that. Let me, now we'll get back You're to welcome. regularly scheduled programming. Uh, Just one other thing to mention yeah. about that. Most yoga teachers don't have the business gene. So because of my background, I was an instrumentalist in almost every yoga organization, you know, the, the International Association of Yoga Therapists. I used to consult for the Yoga Journal, uh, you know, the Yoga Alliance, all those things I start, often started in my hotel rooms <laughs> well, with some great people like my friend Richard Miller, who co-founded the Yoga Therapy Association with me, Judith Lassiter, <clears throat> the late Yanni Chapman. Some uh, Nichola Devi, whole bunch of those people who are now around my age, which is you know late seventies, and um, it's kind of nice to look back and see where things are going. Um, and but the main thing I just I want to say is that you know there's no one size fits all. Right. 
you know, in some school, you know, you, it's okay to learn that when you're young and really flexible. But once your body starts to change, Kobe Bryant retired when he was 38 years old because the body was changing. So even though I often use the website 50 plus, because my thing is yoga after 50, prime of life yoga, there it really starts in your 40s. But there are no big websites for, for they're all with 50 plus. So that's the best right. place to buy this material, you know. Because it reaches ahead by the time you're 50s. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, it does. yeah. But this is this is fascinating because I when you talk about where yoga came from and where it's headed, which is gonna segue nicely into our next question. But I can remember 20 years ago or even 10, 12 years ago, the first time I was going to an ashram to do like a yoga retreat, my mom was like, what is that thing? Like, is that actually, is that a cult? What is it? And I was like, it's yoga. Come on. And I think it's come a long way. And I think a lot of people, there were a lot of people who were kind of thinking it wasn't the real deal. And I mean, we know that it's been around for 6,000 years. So in terms of where we're at today and where we're headed, like, are studies showing positive impact of yoga on spondyloarthritis and other chronic disease patients? Well, interesting that you mentioned that. Uh, I was just checking before I interview and the National Institutes of Health, which is a big one, yep. has just, just done a study on yoga and spondylitis. So you, you, you can go there and see what they have to say. Um, but, you know, in addition to what they say, I'm saying that those of you who have that condition should not go to a class where they're pushing everybody to do the same thing. No. It should be more of a therapeutic class. And uh, the style of yoga that I have found that really uh, accommodates to that is from my teacher, Desika Char, called Vini Yoga. Vini yeah. Yoga. That's Vini Yoga. That means you teach yoga uh, to the whole person, whether they're young, old, whatever you accommodate them. And I think that I'm trying to think when we talk to Sandra Voss, she teaches, she has, uh, I want to say, is it yoga for AS or Spondy Strong, um, a community where she teaches online classes. Uh, and Spondy, was it Spondy Strong? Sorry. Uh, but she teaches yoga in the spondylitis community. And also Spondy Strong. Thanks, Denisha. Uh, she talks about everyone has to have their own journey and like learn their own bodies. But yeah, I don't. I would agree. If people are starting out, a class like a yoga fit class or one of those is not the place to be. And it is start slow and and let your body kind of open up. And and does yoga improve mobility and people? with spa no, or so not not to put down yoga fit they they have different kinds of classes or whatever but I, I know what you're saying i mean a class where everybody has to do the same thing and there's young oriented that's the last place you want to be if you have this. yeah i was thinking yoga sculpt that's the one at my gym that they have oh. that scares the the dickens out of me um so but flexibility it, it, do people get in your experience extended flexibility and mobility from yoga absolutely if they do it 
in a way that's beneficial for them. You know, but if they go to a class and they say, everybody has to do it like this and you got spondylitis, you're going to hurt yourself. Right. If you go to a class where they say, you know, listen to your body, nobody else is inside of you. Uh, if you feel like you can't go further, don't uh, raise your hand, uh, any of those things. But it often comes back to allowing your knees and arms to bend in poses because you're trying to reach your spine. Right. And if they're stiff, you're not going to reach your spine. The other thing is it really aids the whole situation if you really link with the breath constantly, you know, and remembering there's four parts of your breath, the inhalation, the pause, the exhalation, and the pause. And um, this is the, the basics of yoga, you know, to follow the breathing pattern. And it's through the nose. Yoga says, and again, the nose is meant for breathing, mouth is meant for eating. But don't try it when you're swimming or you'll drown. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Um, so can we go over a pose or two that are helpful for managing symptoms? And since sure. they'll have to look at us, we're going to have to describe it as we, since people aren't able well, to I, I would say for these people, it would be really helpful um, if they just go to a wall. Okay, I'm going to do it. Okay, good. I'm, I'm going to the wall. You can see inside I my was, kitchen. I was, I okay. was hoping. Okay. Put your hands on the wall, both hands, and face the wall. Now bring your hands down lower. Right about there. Good, 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 good. Now, let your knees be a little bent. And as you inhale, bring your chest up like a cobra at the wall. And as you exhale, round your back and straighten your legs more. So now round your back, bring your chin down, round, good, straighten, and then start to bend your knees and look up with your elbows a little bent and see how easily the spine moves when you have forgiving limbs. And when you're standing, there's a lot more forgiveness than when you're laying on the ground. For sure. I've never done one like that. Yeah. Another thing, if you go back to the wall. I'm going back to the wall. And just put your hips on the wall. And bring your legs out in front of you. And now bend your knees a little bit and just fold down. And then roll up. And if your legs want to straighten, they can straighten as you roll up. And then roll down. Let your knees soften to fit you. Everybody's different. Just those two things every day, twice a day, you'll be shocked at how much you can move, get more range of motion without hurting yourself. You have just answered my next question. How often? Every day, right? I would do it every day. If I had spondylitis, I would do it every day and even sometimes twice a day because you're only doing a couple things. And 10 minutes is better than no minutes. Oh, absolutely. Also, we made some DVDs oh, a couple years back that are still good uh, that you guys have uh, that were uh, DVDs, you know, longer practices. Nice. Okay. We'll have to hunt those down. Yeah, and... no, they're there. Okay. Um, so. And my friend Richard was around at that time. Oh, Richard's still around. Yeah. Yeah. 
So he knows where they are. Best. He might even be listening in the green room. Hi, Richard. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe not. Everyone, uh, I think that I think the house is clean because everyone's at the American College of Rheumatology conference this week too. So, um, yep, Denisha said ACR. Uh, okay, so daily. What happens if, and I get this, like, so I'll just use my example and I'm sure other people have other body parts. Sometimes I want to go to yoga and my like shoulders flared up and I'm not feeling great. So what happens when you have some limited, and I've got like some limited mobility in that shoulder, when you have limited mobility or you've got some acute pain going on, can you still participate and do yoga? I-I-C-E. <laughs> I see E definitely ice is your friend. And you know, whenever I've gone to help professional athletes or college athletes, or whatever you go in the train room, it's just ice everywhere. Yep. And uh, because it really does help when it's really bothering you at the moment. And there are times when you shouldn't go, you know, and just right. stay home and do these easy things. But the other thing to know for those of you who have AI is, the water is your friend. You are eight times um, lighter on your joints in the water than when you're on the land. And so just moving in the water is much more user-friendly for you. So, you know, I, I would try to include that as part of your training. And it, it doesn't have to be the traditional crawl, you know. There's so many things you can do in there. And there's a friend of mine who has the best book ever published on this. It's called The Water Power Workout. Ooh. And it's a physical therapist named Robert Forrester and a physical therapist named Linda Huey, or a trainer named Linda Huey. And uh, her name is spelled L-Y-N-D-A, and The Water Power Workout is phenomenal. So people that have a little bit of a hard time moving on land move easier in the water. Yeah, it's the water is great. I when I flare, I will switch to water aerobics and not the gym piece of my life. Uh, Here's an interesting factoid about the water. There are a lot of women that that are over forty that don't want to go in the water because it messes with the hair dye. <laughs> oh yeah, I've had that. I mean, I have there's a lot of. There's got to be a bathing cap that works, you know. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think we ever go underwater really when we do. Maybe, but yeah, I'm with you, and and I put in the hair and the hair cap, and then it, yeah, yeah. There's yeah. ways. Um, there's got to be way around, but that, I'm just saying, in addition to yoga, which is you know yoga therapy, especially what we're talking about. Uh, or yoga for a certain category of people, um, you know, the water is the next thing that's your friend for sure. Yeah. Yeah. My experience was I found the the therapy pool or the, just the regular swimming pool. I used to take painkillers and I realized it took me an hour and 15 minutes to get a painkiller to kick in. And one day I realized I can leave my place get to the gym and be in the pool in less than 20 minutes. Yeah. And I was like, and the pain goes away. Right. So that was my, how I moved through that. But, um, okay. So is there any risks or what are risks that could be 
associated with yoga and someone with spondyloarthritis? Absolutely. Going to the wrong yoga class. You know, uh, absolutely don't even consider doing inverted postures like the headstand, shoulder stand, all those things. The one thing I have found for inversion that's very user-friendly is to, uh, you know, if you can purchase a yoga bolster is one thing, but you can also just use a block, yoga block, a spongy one, you know, or you can just take a couple pillows off of your uh, couch and park your hips on the bolster or the hips, your head down, and just bring your legs up straight up. And so that's called the half shoulder stand or Viparita Korane. And there's some amazing benefits uh, if you can do it without it hurting you. You know, everybody's ankylosing spondylitis is a little different. Yep. But if you're able to lie on your back on a rug, you know, and prop your hips up and bring your legs straight up, half shoulder stand, uh, there's a lot of wonderful benefits. But when you start trying to do handstands, headstands, shoulders, all that kind of stuff. People who don't even have AS get hurt doing that kind of stuff. So I narrowed mine down for over 50 to just this supported half shoulder stand. And, you know, when your feet are above your heart, the venous return blood goes with gravity instead of against gravity. So your heart says, thank you very much, sends a text message to your parasympathetic nervous system that says chill. <laughs> also, having your feet up like that is good for your digestion. And not to mention the circulation in your legs. I love it. And you can do that on the wall too, right? So you yes. can get your bolster and then legs yeah. up the wall. Mm -hmm. That's Iyengar style. Oh, is it really? Mm -hmm. Huh, interesting. Uh, so if you're already, if you already have a treatment, for spondyloarthritis and you're cruising along, is there a good way to just beginning begin incorporating yoga or are there other things you should be doing? When you say you've already had a treatment, what does that mean? So maybe you're already using a biologic or you're already maybe going to the gym, but you're still having some, some pain. Is yoga something you'd, you'd want to add on top of maybe strength training? Absolutely. Absolutely, but I would also take out the one that's bothering you. In other words, you say, and I'm going to tough this out, and you're going to the gym and you're doing a bunch of stuff there that doesn't feel good. You know, your your own uh, gauge is pretty good about what feels good to you. And if you're doing a practice at the gym where they're cranking you really hard and it doesn't feel good, that's not going to go well with your ankylosing spondylitis. No. I think many of our listeners have been there at various times in their journey. <laughs> yeah, everybody's uh, a little different. You know, nobody yeah. else is inside of your body, you know, so everybody's going to be slightly different. But the yoga practice that we're talking about and being in the water are two great ones, two great ones. And then, you know, the, the uh, AS Society has a bunch of things they have found over the years that work at the gym. At the same time, we made the videos that you'll find for yoga therapy. There was also videos made from by a physical therapist about what things to do. If you've was not seen those, I, I take a look. Yeah, was that Alex Levine? Maybe uh, there was a there, there was a woman, 
uh, who was from somewhere else. And she, you know, they had a, I think she flew in for this thing. Um, but Richard would know. Okay. We'll, we'll track it down. Okay. Uh, so I want to ask, okay, can we go to your books for a minute? Um, you have like, I, I'm going to have a whole shelf dedicated to you before I know it. And you got 13, to go to Davos. 13, 13 now. You got to go to Davos. So can you tell, like, I, this is an off topic from normal, but okay. So you were invited by World Economic Forum to Davos to talk about yoga, which is so exciting because that is like the finance committee, community, the business community recognizing yoga as it was, it was a big, it was a big deal. They never yeah. had it there before. And then they also had uh, some meditation masters like Goenka and things like that that were there. And uh, a funny thing happened. You know, I became friends with Dr. Dean Ornish, who, if you don't know, he's like, uh, he's everything on uh, reversing heart disease, you know, and now he did the same thing for um, uh, people that have uh, 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 heart problems. Uh, and, and then he added, uh, he got that's all approved by the AMA, uh, his methods. And then he did the same thing for two or three other categories. Now he's trying to do the research for dementia. Oh, okay. Interesting. So he and I were just becoming friends because I had just started the International Association of Yoga Therapists. And I asked him to be on the board, and we became friends. So we get to the, the Davos, and he's hanging out with Quincy Jones and all that, Mehmet Oz, before he was even on television. Oh. So he invites me into their little circle. And I go, oh, okay. And then it was my time to speak on stress reduction. I, I taught a yoga class, and then I taught a couple workshops, and one was stress reduction. So the guy leading it was a buddy of the first guy. And after he got into it, he said, well, you know, this is going so well. Why don't you just finish the end of this? And I was supposed to be next. So Dean Ornish stands up and he goes, no, I'd like to hear Dr. Payne. So Amazing. I got up. Yeah, it was really a fun story. And then I said, uh, why don't you all uh, show you the benefits of you? Make this sound, oh, oh. I didn't want to use OM with them. Mm, these kind of things. Yeah. How's that make you feel? They all calm, relax. And I said, now I want to show you how yoga can really change your energy. On the count of three, I want you to say, yes. One, two, three, yes. Now I'd like you to make the people outside of here to hear you. One, two, three, yeah. Then the third one, yeah. And they all applauded for me. I love it. That is awesome. I got that from Dean Ornish, made that happen for me. Wow, that's incredible. Da okay, Davos is a big deal. I'm jealous. <laughs> it was a big deal, no question. I'm going to get there someday. Like, let's mark my words. Uh, okay, so your books are far and wide. Where can we find them? I think Amazon's the best place. You know, I, I don't even sell them anymore by place because you can get them cheaper from Amazon. Then I can even get them wholesale and, and send to you. And they deliver... For free, but the one I I think would have the most for your readers is the Yoga After Fifty, which is endorsed by AARP, yep. because the Yoga After Fifty kind of movement 
even if you're 25 or 30, you've got AS, it's like, that's the kind of movement you want to be doing. Right. Not, not the real strict, you know, everybody does it this way kind of yoga, in my opinion. And thank you for that. So check those out on Amazon. It's P-A-Y-N-E, Larry Payne. Uh, your website is samada.com. And there yes. are some resources on there, if I remember right. What's that? There are some resources or a newsletter that you put out. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, like, for instance, um, um, in like two weeks from now, you'll see that there, there was a man who was the most popular speaker at the Self-Realization Fellowship. That's a Yogananda uh, tradition. And, and there's, their biggest one is in L.A. On, on Sunset Boulevard. And there was a man who was the most popular speaker. Um, and um, he, he uh, um, his name was Mitrananda. And so he left the organization and then he started speaking on his own. And I was, he was always my hero. And we hooked up recently on his birthday and we're going to be giving a lecture about how to stay young at any age. Why uh, are you doing that? Uh, just go to the uh, Samata, S-A-M-A-T-A dot com and look for the uh, a workshop with uh, Craig and Larry Payne. And um, I think they'll be very informative for your readers, especially from his standpoint about how to stay young, no matter what you have, you know, and from my standpoint about, you know, how to move no matter what you have. Yeah. So this is, okay. So I'm going to get the date just because I know we're getting ready to, um, for when this airs. December 3rd. December 3rd. Okay. On Zoom. It's on Zoom. Amazing. Anywhere. Okay. And that is, yeah. December 3rd on Zoom. Mm -hmm. Okay. We're going to check it out because I want to stay young at every age. Um, okay. On that note, you've been a gracious guest. Uh, and I'm, I'm so thrilled to have shared this space with you today. Uh, well, your organization starting with Richard have always been very kind to me. And then I met Denisha who was wonderful. And now I've met you Jill. So I'm, I'm in your camp forever for you guys. So, uh, and you know, what really got me started was my brother, Harold, who is a multi-platinum songwriter and performer he got ankylosing spondylitis really yeah so i helped him and also the upledger foundation the upledger technique uh, really helped him uh so you know i am just grateful to uh, as and uh I i'm always here to help you anytime no i'm so appreciative thank you uh any closing words of wisdom? Well, two, one, two things. One, uh, my website is samata.com. If you have any burning questions, you can just you know send me there. It'll ask you to be on it. Um, but the, the burning words of wisdom, I, I, words of wisdom, I think, is that yoga should fit the individual. You know, it shouldn't be that there's a one size it's all. Uh, my teachers said that's not correct, you know. And the only way that that came about is that 
they they were teaching to large groups of people and they started off teaching kids when they were really young so they had these three segments of your life and uh, they have sanskrit names and so forth and so on but one is a building stage the other is the maintaining stage where most of us are at and then there's the one-on-one -on -one stage where you need help you know one-on-one -on -one. so don't go into a class that this feels intuitively this is not for me you know you know, you know, I've told people to sit out in front of a class and see who comes in and out of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, just to see what the energy is like with the people coming in and out of the class. But uh, um, the other thing, too, is that you can look on the website for the International Association of Yoga Therapists. And you can find a yoga therapist in your neighborhood just by looking on their website. Amazing. That's a great resource. Um, yeah. Okay. And I'll say my first yoga teacher always, when you got in, she'd say, check your ego at the door. <laughs> uh, because this is a practice, not a perfect. So, uh, okay. On that note, very last question. What is your favorite pose? Um, I don't have a favorite pose other than Shavasana. <laughs> yeah, don't we all? Corpse pose. Relax. <laughs> Perfect. I think we should end on that note. Dr. Larry Payne. My pleasure. My pleasure. Uh, thank you for joining us. Thank you. Till the next time. SpondyCast was made possible by donations from the Spondylitis Association of America's individual members and our show's corporate sponsor, AbbVie. Since our founding in 1983, the Spondylitis Association of America has been the face, voice, and leading nationwide nonprofit, educating, empowering, and advocating for people living with spondyloarthritis. Through our extensive work with patients, the medical community, and partners, we provide information and resources to help people impacted by the disease live better lives and champion research to find a cure.